When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Welcome to New York Talk. Our normal service is resumed. We're back talking about the greatest team in South Yorkshire, Rotherham United. And I'm very happy about that, to be honest with you. Um, we will, based on preview, as back, back to normal, we will be previewing the Saturday afternoon game, or Saturday lunchtime game, which will be Bristol City. We've got the scan report with Mitch. Mick spoke to somebody uh, from the Bristol City end, which we can all have a good laugh at. Yeah. Uh, we'll put our predictions in place and just have a good old laugh about Rotherham United being back in business. Um, we have Mick back with us. Hello, Michael. Good evening, or morning, or whatever the time it is you're listening. You okay? Danny's with us. How's it going, Danny? Hello, everybody. It feels so nice to be talking Rotherham United for a change. It does. Absolutely does. And Joy, with uh, making, making your proper podcast debut. Thank you for joining us, Joy. You're very welcome. Glad to be with you. Um, so, we've got Rotherham United stuff to talk about. We'll talk about the, the game and everything else. Um, I suppose there's one place to start today with transfer rumours. We're not even in January, but the transfer <laughs> rumour is in full swing already. Um, and that's with Dan Barlasser being linked to Middlesbrough. Um, Danny, I don't think this is going to take us too long, to be honest with you, but in what, under what circumstances could you see him leaving us in January? Because I, I struggle to see a realistic realistic scenario where he leaves in January. Um, I think there's one of two possibilities that can happen in January. Number one, Millsborough, <clears throat> if it is Middlesbrough, that is the front runner, if there even is a front runner at this point. If the front runner offers us two, three million for Barlasser, we could let him go potentially. Or he signs a new deal, and if he doesn't sign a new deal, then we let him go for free in January because uh, in in the summer, because he's more of an asset to us to see out his current contract and not sign one than he is to bring the money in. It's a sort of a uh, a Michael Smith situation. It was more valuable to the club to keep him here for the full length of his contract and to let him go on a free than he is to cash in but lose that asset in midfield. So yeah, Middlesbrough, if you're the front runner. Money on the table, if you please. Don't dilly-dally. 
Yeah. Uh, just caught the rules with us. Neil Livingston with us. Kim Hayward, Simon Thorne. There's got a few other people with us. Sam Darby saying there's five million pounds on the table. Now, I think in he really slipped me. I think that's probably what he's worth. If he has two years left in his contract, that's what he's worth. When somebody's got six months on the contract, Middlesbrough would be absolutely balmy to pay five million quid for somebody they can have for free in six months. Mm. Could you could you see a five? Could, do you think it's realistic a five four five million pound bid? No. Why would you? Why would you? Uh, it, it would be it would be madness. Um, and, and bearing in mind Middlesbrough's uh, parting of ways with Chris Wilder and his desire to to bring players in. Um, I don't see Middlesbrough willing to pay five quid, let alone five million. Um, so it's just it's just people starting early, aren't they? They're a bit bored. There's been no football league action or any to note anyway for the past four weeks. Uh, they just they've got they need something to write about that's not Ronaldo or Messi, don't they? So it's just it's just it's garbage. It's nonsense. It, it, I mean, it, it just even if you looked at it as a as a third party, right? You know that you know how valuable he is to our midfield. Mm. So, and our aim is to stay in the division this season. He runs out of contracts in the summer. We've offered him a new one by all accounts. Whether he accepts that is another matter. Um, in what planet? On what planet would a team who get rid of a player that's so valuable to him when they can just let him go for free? Why would we mm. take peanuts for him in January? It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So it, it, it's just clickbait as far as I'm concerned. That's all it is, clickbait. So nobody's going to pay that amount of money for him with six months left. Not happening. Mm. John Morell says 1.5 million tops. Uh, no one's going to bid more than that for a play with six months left in his contract. Agreed. Uh, Joy, mm. do you agree with that? For me, it's, for me, I agree with John there. I, that, that's, with, the, with the length of contract, that's probably his value. And, because, and we're not going to sell him because of this sell-on clause. So I can't see him going, to be honest. Yeah, I totally agree with what Mick's just said and what John commented on. You're not going to get that sort of money. You're not going to get nowhere near five million for someone who's only got six months under contract. And like you say, I don't think it's worth us even considering it with the salon cause that's got to go back to Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, we'd end up with a bobbin and an orange, wouldn't we? Mm. You know, nothing comparatively. But what he could provide in the interim as key to our midfield. Would possibly be, uh, you know, key to us staying up into the division. So it's a no-brainer to me. He stays. And, and, and couple with that, Joe, it, it's probably worth five million to us to stay yeah. up. You know, absolutely, just, absolutely. It, there is zero sense in 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 the the article for in inverted commas. It, it, it's just an ill-thought-out clickbait. Is all it is. So. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't put it past a random a championship club paying over the odds on a player. To be honest with you, it has no. happened in the past and it <laughs> will in the future. So they could. I don't think they will, and I don't think they should, and I hope they don't come in with that kind of cash. Um, but the championship's a crazy league for many reasons, and that's one of them: is that people are willing to pay stupid money for stupid things. It's not. I mean, stupid. the thing is, the thing is as well, they've not been actually pulling any trees up this year, have they? No, exactly. Hmm. Mm. No, I agree. Um, we'll talk about more contract details in a second. Philip Halls, though, first of all, says he has to make a confession. He usually listens at night in New Zealand and always seems to nod off to the sound of Mick's voice. <laughs> it's not because he's boring, but he is. 
it's just the uh, soporific tones. Well, soporific. Right. I need to know what that means. I'm going to Google I hope, it. I, hope it's a dig. I really hope it's a dig. It will be. <laughs> you lull him to sleep, Mick. Well, I've been, I've been told that before, usually because I'm boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Mick's Googling. Uh, John Morrell says, the only issue is if player wants to leave and someone's interested, you aren't going to get a committed player for six months. I think the good thing with, with Dan Barlaster, Danny, is that is. He seems one of the most professional players in the squad. Now, obviously, that's got Richard Wood and people like that. But we know for fact there were, there were bids in for, for him in January, only Blackpool, but they were still interested in him. He never looked like a man who had his head turned. He looked like it almost seemed to focus him a bit more and made him play better. So, from that point of view, I think we ain't going to worry about that with Barlaster. <clears throat> yeah, uh, I think with, with Barlaster, he's just committed to not just. Um... His contract with us, but I think the idea of Rotherham mm. United, and I think he has now committed to the idea that Matt Taylor's forming with the club as well, because we thought he was playing well under the previous regime, but he seems to have stepped up again under a new manager. Um, and new manager's not messed about. Um, he knows the players he's offered contracts to, and like he said when he first came here, it was his first job, and he's already in, you know. Mm. Um, Rumour has it Dan is one of the players who's been offered a new contract. They've not named names specifically, but we all know those contracts are up, so we have a vague idea. Um, And Balasar has said in the past that if the money's right, he'll stay. Um, And if the money's right, he's going to stay. If not, and he turns it down, we'll say probably say to him, right, we're going to keep holding until his contract runs out. And he'll go, yeah, no worries, and just commit to it. It He's the sort of player that isn't, big-headed to try and force the move away at all. Mm. Um, he's the sort of player who's just going to go, you know what, I'm going to crack on with this, see it out, and then get on with it. I, I, it's like um, Chio strikes me as that sort of player as well. As well, He'll still see out that contract w- with his full ability until it's time for him to move on, and then he'll move on professionally. Mm. Yeah. What are the chances of it? We'll talk about, let's talk about the contract situation the Matt, Matt Taylor suggested we've offered contracts to everybody we want to keep. Obviously, we don't know who it is. I suspect everybody, almost everybody's out of the contract will, will, will have a, an offer, I would have thought. Um, let's start with Dan because we're on him. Chances of him staying. I mean, the thing is about us uh, that people can offer him more money than us. We know that. We know, based on the Smith situation, what uh, probably what our limit is. And we know uh, ballpark what that is. He's got another... Contract. I mean, the thing with Michael Smith was that was his last real contract, weren't he? It was, it was that was Michael Smith's peak value. Dan Ballas has not reached his peak value yet, so there is a scenario where he can say, "Right, sign a, a three-year contract. Just give that as a, just give it an idea, and say so when in a couple of years' time, as long as we're all staying in championship together, off you go. You'll be a Premier League player. So there is a scenario where that you could maybe convince somebody like that because of his age and because of where we are." Or am I just clutching at the scroll of straws and dreaming? No, I, I think you're right. I think there is a possibility. He's a, he's a, a much different stage of his career, like you said, than Michael Smith was. He's far earlier into it. Um, and, and, and in reality, this is his first, the, this contract that he's now running out is, is realistically his first proper full time contract, professional contract. Um, so, you know, he's got, he's got plenty of time. It seems like he's got his head screwed on. Um, and, and as, as Dan, Dan and Joyce said, he, he's bought into this. He's bought into what's happening at Rotherham United. 
money will come above that, obviously. Um, but over and above that, every time for, for, for every footballer, it's got to do. Uh, and, and I fully accept that. But for me, Barlasser out of everybody is, is the most prized asset for me. Um, because there are so few players like him around, you know, you, you don't you don't come across that quarterback for the want of a better term in in very many teams. They, they're just in in short supply, so people are going to be interested. But that means his price can be inflated. Ideally, in an ideal world, it'd be great for him to sign another three year deal. And then if he goes in January or new, or, or or in summer, so be it. You know. Uh, but at least we're going to be able to get something out of that. That that would be the ideal world. Well, the ideal world would be obviously for him to stay. But you know, he, he's going to move on, and he's going to move on to to, to bigger, much bigger, uh, and much better things. So, I think it, if I had to nail McCullough to the mast, I've got a sneaky suspicion he might sign. Okay, fair enough. Okay, Joy, do you think we'll finish the bylaws of chat here for now? Is he? Is he staying? Well, where, 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 where he thinks he might. Do you think there's a, a reasonable chance he'll stay? Long term, sorry. Part says yes and would love to agree with Mick. Head says no. He's a young man with a young family. You mm. know, he's, he's been touted for, as a, an international, possibly for Turkey going forward. So, you know, it's going to be on a lot of radars, I would imagine, for a lot mm. of clubs higher up the championship, possibly even lower premiership. You know, he's a young man. He's got the necessary skills. He can develop his skills further, you know, and and that's something that, you know, a, a team will buy into, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And who's to say it has to be an English club? True. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's the sort of player that would well fit into some sort of continental setup. Would, uh, yeah, mm. 100%. Wouldn't it? Mm. Yeah. Um, Simon Thor says Barlasser to Derby County. That would have hurt. <laughs> that would hurt. Um, yeah. Phil Ox says if we go down and get nothing, then we lose both ways. We do. That's true. Is, is, it, is it a gamble worth taking? Um, that's the question. Let's move on to the overall contract picture, Danny. The, the article mm. in the advertiser that's out tonight is mm. essentially saying that Matt Till is not playing hardball, but he's basically saying this needs to be sorted out. ASAP. You know, he doesn't want to be going into January not knowing. Um, and I like that, but obviously that's a fairly high-risk strategy because it could all go belly up and they could go, well, I'm not making a decision now. And we try and move on and then they might become available later on and things like that. It's a high risk. How, how do you feel about that strategy and how do you think it'll play out for us? Um... I can, like you say, you can see the positive and the negative from that strategy. Um, I think <clears throat> Matt Taylor not suddenly going in hardball shows there is a little bit of um, negotiation involved with these contracts. You know, it's not a case of, right, that's your offer, take it or leave it, or we'll sell you or we won't offer you anything else. I think he's put the offer on the table that he thinks acceptable. He's willing to negotiate with the agents and if anything, in my opinion, it's quite clever making the first move because we can put that offer on the table, which will probably be the low end of what we're willing to offer. Um, <clears throat> the agents will come back with the high end of what we're willing to offer and then we'll meet somewhere in the middle. Um, so instead of waiting for the agents to go, contracts up, 
we want this much for to renew the deal. If we make the first move and go, right, we'll offer you that for now. If you like it, it's fine. If not, we'll need to talk about it. Um, and I think it's a good strategy with the number of players we've got out of contract. I think it's only Wiles who's got the year clause so. in his contract. So with Wilesy, we have that safety net. But with everybody else, it's best just to test the water, see where we are and where we can meet in the middle. And so, yeah, I think I think it's quite smart for a new manager to do that with the players. Um, I think it's Taylor being very, very clever with it. Mm-hmm. Mick, are you the same? It's, it's football is one of the strange industries where this all gets played out in public. It's really strange. No other industry really does that. Um, but are you happy with... For what we don't know what's happening, but you're happy with what you've seen and hearing from the club in terms of movement on these contracts, actual movement rather than you saying we're going to offer something and not hearing anything. Had we not had the change of manager, then then no, I wouldn't be very happy now. But obviously, because of the change of <clears throat> the change in manager, um, then it, 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 Matt Taylor's obviously sort of taken the ball by the horns and uh, got on with it. It should have been done a lot a long time before now. Um, which possibly on another subject tends to suggest that that the move of the previous manager was on the cards a lot longer than we we were aware of as well, um, because it should have been done long before he left. So um, yeah, it's good. It's good. Let's get it out of the way and, and let's clear the air because come January it's just going to be rumour city, isn't it? and it's bad enough as it is without without the club not making any any inroads to uh, to get people signed up. So. Yeah, it's good. Let's see what happens. We may get some more information uh, on Thursday night from the, the fans forum. We probably won't, but we, you never know. Okay. Uh, let's talk about that briefly, the fans forum. Simon Thorne says, on the subject of the rumours future, who is going to the fan forum tomorrow? What do we think? Um, slash hope will be told RE, the club's medium, uh, short, medium and uh, medium term future, sorry. Um, Joy, what are your feelings on the, on the fans forum? I would feel like the dialogue's positive, but it always sometimes feel like these things can be, you don't get as much information as you actually want sometimes. Well, it's something that the club's been doing on a regular basis now, isn't it, for the last two or three, four seasons. I'm not sure that we we tend to, it's a bit of lip service, to be honest, personally, because they don't actually say anything new that it, from one year to the next, to be brutally honest. It seems to be a sort of placatory sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? PR exercise to keep Mm. the fans on side. Uh, I mean, you know, I appreciate they're doing it this time of year because it's relatively quiet. There's not a lot happening. We're only just going back into playing football again. It's pre the January window, so there's not, you know, apart from today's little shenanigans going around. I mean, could you imagine if they'd have done this at the beginning of the season just started when yeah. the, the two guys went down the road? They'd have been lynched, wouldn't they? So <laughs> there's a part of me that says, yeah, well done, club, you know, good on you. Nice to, you know, get that olive branch out there, you know, a little bit of a Christmas spirit thing going on, you know, meeting the uh, the public, as it were. But there's part of me that thinks it's a little bit, uh, you know, PR exercise, and uh, perhaps I'm just cynical because I live down south. I don't know. <laughs> um, one person that is good to hear from Danny, and we're all getting to know him. So Matt Taylor, and that's 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 sort of good. We get to hear more about him, more from him. Probably more questions about his personality and things like that. So even if we just get the same sort of stuff from the sort of background, 
we get learning more about the man in charge, which again is, is a positive, I suppose. Yeah, it is. And um, <clears throat> from the interviews that Matt Taylor's done so far, he seems to be very vastly in favour with the fans. Hmm. Uh, I know he's picked up the tagline in certain circles as handsome Matt. Um, <laughs> so I'm sorry to say, Matt, you've been superseded by the manager, unlucky. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he comes across really well. He comes across as a bloke who obviously knows his stuff, um, but also is a bit, he doesn't dress things up. He just sort of tells it how it is, you know, especially. He's got an edge stuff. to him. He's not yeah. scared. And, yeah. yeah, like the stuff with the referees. <clears throat> Any other manager that comes out and says that, probably the only two that might get away with it is Neil Warnock and Chris Wilder, potentially. Uh, but Matt Taylor's come out, put his cards on the table and gone, look, I think we're on. Uh, we're getting an unconscious bias here. And in the past, man, you would have gone, whoa, managers come out and said that. Mm. you know. But he said, I want to keep it professional and for them to actually look at it and not just a whinging manager going on about it. I want it to be professional. So, like you say, he has that edge, but he treats it respectfully at the mm. same time. Um, and, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how he handles some of the questions from fans. And um, I, th- I think a few of them will be like his vision for the club, where is he going to take us, etc., etc. Mm. Um, but I'm just looking forward to hearing them, to be honest. Yeah. You'll be there, Danny. Um, so mm. remind me to give you the login details for the podcast account. I yes, forget. please. Um, <laughs> I've had advice from the university people on how to cover it, uh, so I have a vague idea. So <laughs> hopefully it goes well. Like it. Uh, how many times are we going to be hear the um, the P word, Mick, the Premier League word? Yeah, well, we're going to hear it, aren't we? We are. Um... I mean, I mean from the from the board, not from fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's two sides to this argument, isn't there? And and I agree with with I kind of agree with both sides. You know, one side is oh, I'm sick of hearing about it. Put your money, put your hand in your pocket if you're going to get to, get us to the Premier League. Don't, don't be talking nonsense. We're never going to get to the Premier League. You know that side of it. I, I, I kind of get that that side of the argument um, because we've been six years now yo-yoing up and down between. League below and one below that, mm-hmm. uh, with, with no apparent massive leaps in progress. So I, I kind of get that side of it. But on from the on the flip side of that, you know, the, the, uh, when you when is when you're running a business, you need to have certain targets that you need to you need to be aiming for. Um, and, um, football's a business. Running United Football Club is our business, and it has been run as such, and it's been run sustainably as such. So it, 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 there's no point. Sustainability can't be your target, can it? You know, you need to be you need to be reaching, you need to be setting targets that are that are that are difficult to reach, and and obviously the Premier League is one of them. I am convinced that Tony Stewart genuinely believes that he can get this club to the Premier League. I, I think he genuinely believes it. Whether that is realistic is a, is an entirely different matter. However, I think in his in his mind uh, it can be done. Uh, and the, probably one of the reasons, the, the basis for that is it it has been done. It has been done before. There's no reason it can't be done again. But, well, well that, I mean, I, I guess that's it, really. You know, the, there are two sides to the argument. I see both of them. The reality is, I guess, that it's, it's a really, really tough ask because, of, because this division is so competitive and there's so much money about it. So... 
You've got to have dreams, mate. You've got to have dreams. Tony's going. Yes, that's true. Uh, Liam McGarry says he likes Taylor's mindset. Heard him saying that fans don't want to see boring football or something along those lines, but it's a very good sign moving forward. Can't wait for Saturday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Simon Thorne says pick Matt Taylor in the Champions League places by 2027. We'll take that. Um, John Rell, you've got to have ambition, but realistic ambition, so to speak. Yeah, I think I think that's essentially what I'm trying to say, John. You know, but but <laughs> you've also got to have one above that realistic ambition. If in an ideal world, this is what I want to achieve. And and I think I think Tony Stewart has always caveated the Premier League thing with other points as well. You know, he's not just come out and said we're going to Premier League, full stop. And and but that's the headline that people grab into. Always. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, a couple more contributes, Joe. Let's talk about the two others, Ben Wiles and Chio, in a bit more deeper before we went to Bristol City. Chio's the sort of the one because he's out of contract. He's the one I could potentially see going in January because we could attract a semi decent fee for him, even though he's out of contract. Um, what, what do you feel that like chance of keeping Chio? I feel really, I feel really, really low that it'll stay beyond this season. Again, I don't think there's much difference, in my opinion, between the likelihood of him and Barlas sustain, to be honest. Mm. Um, you know, Chio's make, already made his name on the international scene. You know, um, it, it, it is, is out there. He's well known now. And, you know, he, he comes across really well when he speaks to the media as well. And, you know, you've got to appreciate that, you know, it is a short career that these lads have. You know, and, and they're not very, you know, I mean, they're not young lads anymore. They're, they're in the early 20s. So they need to sort of grasp that opportunity if it arises to, to move on to better things for themselves and their families, you know. And who can begrudge them that? I mean, we can't, you know, say that Chio hasn't been good for us because he has. I mean, apart from the latter end of the season before last when he was incapacitated, which I think was implement incremental in our, our not staying up along with COVID, but mm. you know that you know the fact that he was around that missing that goal at bloody Barnsley, but um, yeah, you know I, I I you know I it wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't go in January. He's definitely going in the summer. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Don't set me off about Barnsley away in COVID season, Joey. Yes, let us not. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's move on. Um, right, let's talk about the game. Uh, the game is, is obviously going to be on Saturday, Bristol City. Um, 12.30 kickoff to allow eight people to get back to watch the England game uh, at 7pm. Um, it's difficult to know what to expect, Danny, because we've had a month off and they've had the, they had the game against Sheffield United or the double game against Sheffield United and then a lot of players played midweek against Gillingham in a, in a very strong team uh, in the reserve team fixture. But it's almost like a pre-season. They've also almost been a mini pre-season. So I don't know whether to expect them all to be hitting the ground running because they've had four weeks off or whether we need to allow both teams a bit of leeway to feel the way back into competitive football. What do you think? I personally think it's going to be like the, the start to a new season. I think it's going to be one of, them, one of them where if your team hasn't had that many players off on international duty, which, excuse me, we haven't. We've had Chio and that's it. Um, it is just going to be like a fresh season. I mean, there are a few clubs who have 
had players away at the World Cup. You know, Sheffield United have had Ndiaye with uh, Senegal, uh, and he went from Humphrey's pocket to Harry Maguire's. So that was quite funny. Um, and but weirdly, our game is kicking off at half past twelve, but Sheffield United isn't. Theirs is at three o'clock. So it's a very strange, staggered thing. Like it might play into our benefit that the team's travelled a long way and it's an early kickoff, or it might just turn into uh, the opening day fiasco with form's gone out the window, even though you've sort of been training a little bit. I really don't know what to expect because this, this has really never happened before. Mm. You know, like it could be Matt Taylor's been very regimented with training. It might be that Cyprus has helped us and we do hit the ground running. But we also have to allow that leniency, at least in the back of our minds, that it could be like opening day against Swansea all over again, where forms out the window and you see the little pinches of quality, but it's not quite all together because they've not been on a professional football pitch since November. You know, it's it's going to be a very, very interesting game, to use my old cliche. Um, but I don't know, seeing how... A few players performing in the reserve game against Bolton. I could see, you know, your likes of Kelly being a very powerful impact sub in that game because he's quite clearly fit enough because I think he did, what, 18 minutes-ish in the reserve game. Same with Connor Washington. He did really well. Um, So I I think it could play into our favour, if I'm being honest. I really, really do. It's strange as some games we obviously got this game rearranged quite a long time ago. There's only three early kickoffs in the championship, and the rest are three o'clock kickoffs. I assume there would have been a blanket chill, and I can understand why Swans haven't changed their fixture. Um, but strange, very strange. The, the closest thing we've got to compare to this, Mick, is the COVID sort of shutdown and the Premier League return in 2020, where they shut down in March time and got back going in July. Now, I know that was different because their training facilities at the time were limited because of COVID. But I remember very vividly that that was the first week or two of that Premier League restart was terrible. The players weren't ready. Mm. Um, they were clearly not playing football for four and five months or whatever it was. I accept that we're going to have a, a, bit, you know, a better training set up and almost a better pre-season to almost a restart. But do you think it could have a negative impact in terms of not in the flow anymore, are they? No, they're not, but I, I can't see it having a massive impact personally. We, 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 it's just, it's, it's like almost like, you know, a, a couple of weeks of snow in it, and 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 maybe a maybe a uh, missing out on a, on a cup game if you're out at cup or something. It's not, it's not massive. It's not, um, not a big deal at all. And they've played a couple of games, albeit competitive, not not competitive games, but they've played a couple of friendlies. They've had a, they've had a week away. They've been training for the whole of that period, so, so I can't see there being much difference. To be honest, I'll obviously stand corrected when it's seven apiece at half time, but um, you know I don't think it's going to be much different. Okay, fair enough. And on the on the on the the reserve game, uh, Joy, Danny says Georgia Kelly got a, almost full game. Connor Washington played plenty of minutes. Those were the two ones pre the sort of shutdown that we, that we were worried about, particularly Georgie Kelly. But he scored a couple of goals, I think, played plenty of minutes. That You'd assume that puts him in contention for Saturday. Well, absolutely. I mean, I was interested watching the feedback from that match yesterday. And like you say, it's good to see that Washington and Georgie were back in harness. Because, I mean, when he went off clutching his hamstring uh, just before... Uh, 
you know, the breakdown uh, for the World Cup, I thought he'd be out at least till gone Christmas, mm. to be brutally honest. So I was really surprised to see him play in the majority of the game yesterday. Uh, Washington, I mean, I was never actually clear on what the issue was with him, but, you know, having both back playing the majority of a game, yeah, I know it was only Bolton's reserve, but, you know, it, that's a better outcome than I would have anticipated. And had we carried on playing, we'd have been without them for three, four weeks. And who knows what the impact might have been on that. So perhaps it, it, it's a positive, you know, at the end of the day. And let's be brutally honest, we're all starting from the same starting point tomorrow, as you said, Mick, you know. Bristol have had the same amount of time off as we have had. I don't know what sort of arrangements they've had in place and that they've had warm weather training, but I assume most teams who can afford it have done that. So we're not, you know, we're all starting from the same starting point again. And then they actually are below us, aren't they, in the league by a point? Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and when you look at the squad that they've got, you'd think they'd be, you know, a little bit better off than us, you know, because they've got some quite significant. Uh, players in that team, internationals, etc., across the board. So you know, uh, you know what we've got to hold on is the fact that up until now we've been, you know, really successful and, uh, to my mind, uh, surprisingly so. And I, I think this league actually is very much of a muchness. There's there's not much of a difference between the bottom and the top. Seen uh, what I've seen so far, you know, where you know anybody can beat anybody. And nobody's running away with it, and nobody's uh, detached at the bottom. Hmm. I think you're right. I think you're right. Uh, right, that segues into the scouting report. So we're now going to hear Mick talk to the Bristol City podcast. I can't remember the name, but you'll hear from them in a moment. So our four, four screen, four faces will disappear, and you'll hear from the scouting report for 10 minutes or so. Then we'll be giving our squad lineup prediction and all that nonsense. We'll be back in 10 minutes or so. Thank you. Uh, you tell me where you're from. Bristol City, obviously, Patch, but just give me the podcast again. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so three peeps in a podcast. Um, and Yeah, we do post-match reaction to every Bristol City match as well as Bristol City content. So, yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, not a problem. As, as I said to you before we came on, this is usually Matt's domain. So um, people who, work, who follow New York Talk will... will realize straight away that i'm as unprofessional as they come so if this if we can get through 10 minutes without me making any more mistakes it will be a first so <laughs> anyway thanks for coming on so obviously we uh you, you're making a long journey up or some of you will be making a long journey up to new york stadium on saturday um first question and and it seems to have been a bit of a controversial one uh the the change of uh change of kickoff time i how when when that was announced um, by by the, by our club, it, it seemed to stir up a bit of a hornet's nest amongst Bristol City fans. Um, how is it now? Now that England have qualified for the quarterfinals, well, I'm 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 glad. Obviously, we're we're going to have to set off a lot earlier than we mm. anticipated, but um, yeah, I'm kind of glad because we're going to come back to Bristol and watch it in a, a fan village local to me so i i'm, I'm actually quite glad that the, the fixture has been brought forward um obviously we're hoping we can get away quickly and there's no snow or road closures or anything like that so um so yeah i think we we were hoping to be back in bristol mother's day is around the corner find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue nile from timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones blue nile has something she'll adore Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. 
Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. By 6, 6.30 at the latest so we can watch the England game. But yes, it's a stroke of genius. <laughs> yeah, well, which makes a change for our club, I'll be honest with you. Um, not been very forward thinking in the past, but to, to be fair, that's I'm being a bit unfair now, but uh, certainly it wouldn't have happened a few years ago. Um, so and, and at least... On the on the upside, you won't have to sit in Rotherham and watch it, which would have been, you know, who wants that? <laughs> we also don't want to be sat on the motorway watching it either. Good point. Well made, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so Bristol City currently sitting 18th in uh, in the championship. Um in terms of what you were anticipating at the start of the season, how does that sort of uh, fit in with that? Yeah, I mean, my prediction was for us to finish top of the bottom half. I, mm. I still think we've got enough in the arsenal um, of our squad to do that. We've we've had a big loss in uh, Cal Naismith, who seemed to be driving forward play and, and being on the front foot. He did give away a few goals, but he's also been a catalyst for a number of uh, good mm. performances. So he's hopefully going to be back on Saturday. Uh, so he'll come back into uh, into the yeah into the back three. Uh, so that should shore things up a bit. And I'm I'm confident. I'm confident coming in to this game. And then we've got uh, so I think it's four games before the the end of the year and the transfer window yeah. opens. So yeah, I'm I'm confident of picking up a few points uh, over the next four games. Hopefully starting with three points at Rotherham on Saturday. <laughs> well. Uh, I can tell you one thing: you will know you've been in a game once you uh, once you leave New York Stadium on Saturday. And if you if you um, if you if you do go away with the three points, you'll have been uh, you'll have had to work very very hard for it. That's that, it's that going to be really sure. interesting. It's going to be really interesting to see how both teams have been impacted by this sort of three week break. I don't think it's you know it's obviously it happened during COVID, but that was I think long much longer than three weeks. Um, we've had one one pre-season friendly, if you like, a, a game behind closed doors against Southampton um, at the weekend, which I think we, we won 2-0. So, um, you know, that's a, a pre-season friendly, if you like. But it's it it's just seeing how they all react, seeing how, how the break has impacted different people. They Some of them have gone off on holiday with their families and enjoyed a bit of, of, of sun, etc. Antoine Semenya has only just just finished in the World Cup, so obviously he probably won't be in the squad. I wouldn't have thought for for Saturday, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how both teams cope with that break. Yeah, it is. It is absolutely. It's a really unusual situation, and to be fair, on the running to the break as well, it was absolute chaos for us. I don't know about what's well, a chaos. It was it was a hectic schedule. You know, a, a, two games a week for probably four weeks on the run up to it which, you know, it obviously takes it out of teams. So uh, I think they'll be ready for the break, won't they? Um, so we, yeah. we will see. We we had uh, in in the week leading up to the to the international break, we had a dire performance at home to Lincoln in the Carabao Cup, which um, which we want to forget as soon as possible. 
Um, yeah. But then we had a, we put in a good performance at home to Watford. It was nil nil, but uh, obviously they're up in the playoff positions, and we all we couldn't do was have that cutting edge and, and finish off a couple of chances. So we finished quite strong in comparison. In comparison, so yeah, it's it's whether we can pick up where we left off and put that shift in and have that killer, you know, that killer edge as well. Well, I mean, that's that's the key to uh, being successful in the championship, isn't it? You know, yeah. the difference in quality between top and bottom is 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 not massive. It, it no, generally... anyone can beat anyone. Absolutely, and it's all about who can who can actually hit the back of the net. Um, yeah. So we will wait and see. So who, other than Naismith, assuming that he plays, who else should we be looking out for on uh, on Saturday? So I I. I probably think the lineup will be Max O'Leary in goal then you'll have um, Zach Viner on the right of a back three Cam Pring on the left of the back three with Naismith in the middle then Matty James centre midfield flanked by Joe Williams and Alex Scott and Alex Scott is a, a young player who's come through the ranks quite quickly uh, mm. signed in from Guernsey and he's he was in the first team in the academy for 18 months and then in straight into the first team and he's caught some eyes obviously he won uh, the euros with the under 20s as well so he's someone that's on uh, on the lips of a lot of a lot of people i'm hoping he can stay with us to the end of the season at least because i think mm -hmm. if he goes up to the premier league now he you know he will be probably on the bench and getting a little bit of time so i'm hoping that he can see out the season with us see how we finish and hopefully obviously stay with us next season but that time will tell on that one um in the game um on at Watford we also had uh, so two wing backs andy Vyman was right wing back and jade de silva on the left so i'm i It'll be either Andy Vyman or Mark Sykes on the right. Um, and then Tommy Conway, who's another a young player who's come through the academy from the age of eight, who's got an opportunity in recent in the recent year, recent season. Um, and he is absolutely flying. He's our top goal scorer at the moment. And him with Naki Wells, they, they seem to have developed a really good understanding. Um, so they, as a pair, work very well. So, you know, if if everyone's on song, everyone's performing well and not too jet lagged from their holidays, then yeah. I'm I'm confident we can pick up some points. Excellent, very good. You just just reminded me actually, Zach Viner. Um, he uh, he spent oh, yeah. a, he spent he was on loan. He was on loan with us, and and I really rated him. Really, really. Where did rated he play him. for you? He played right wing back. Um, okay. So we didn't we didn't and, and obviously when you came to our place last time in the championship he had an absolute howler of a game um and and, and to well, be he's fair, a player he's a player who actually was completely out of favor towards mm -hmm. the end of last season middle of last season who i thought was going to be gone you know very very early on in the in the transfer window in the summer but um he has he has turned it completely around and he's one of the first names on the team sheet at the moment as a right center back um mm. he's played right back for us never never really tried him at right cent right wing back i should say he even played mm. in midfield a couple of games as well so he is versatile um but he just seems to got have got his confidence back now as well which is great yeah, I mean, it's, it was clear. It was clear he was a confidence player, and and to be fair, I'm uh, saying that I liked him like as I just did there. Some of our fans will, will probably slate me for that because he wasn't popular with everybody, and I, and, it, and and to this day, I still don't understand why. Um, he, he may have had a couple of bad performances, but who doesn't? You know, 
Uh, yeah. and, he, and he seemed to end up being a bit of a scapegoat for some fans, uh, which was a real surprise for me. Um, mm. But anyway, that's, that's football, I guess, isn't it? Um, so, okay, see so what so, reception yeah. he gets on Saturday. Well, I mean, it, because of the because of the, the the nightmare he had last time he came, I don't think people will be that interested. To be fair, I, right. I think much much like yourselves, we're going to be really keen to see what what the international breaks brought for the want of a better yeah. term, what the World Cup breaks brought. And we've got a new manager, as as you probably know, and he's now had time to work with the squad. The signs before the the international break were really good, really positive. So now he's had that three three weeks um, to work with them. Fingers crossed, he'll be able to build on that. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, speaking of managers, just a, just a quick one. Um, at, towards the back in the last season, your manager was coming in for quite a uh, on social media for quite a bit of um, flack. What what where where are Bristol City fans on him at the moment? Well, I think if we'd have if we'd have put in a similar performance to what we did uh, in the Lincoln game in the Carabao Cup on the Saturday on the last game at home to Watford, I think mm-hmm. it would be swaying towards um, the majority probably in the Pearson Night Cap. Um, mm-hmm. But Lincoln game was an anomaly. We changed, we made you know seven or eight changes, whatever it was. Um, we're hoping we would have had enough to sort of you know put a performance in against Lincoln, but. I think that just has to be written off and, and the performance against Watford was, was really good all, all bar goal. And, and I think it's, it's probably still in the balance, but swaying towards Pearson in, in the majority. Mm. I think people would, would are generally wanting more, more change, more progress than they're seeing. However, what the cards he was dealt and the, the sort of the squad he inherited and the, the wage bill he inherited, um, was was a lot to untangle and it's taken him longer than he anticipated it would and i think it's taken it's, it's taken the fa- the fans aren't, aren't seeing that level of progress that they want however um you know it, you, you've got to give him more time to actually have another transfer window see if we can bring in a couple more diamonds in january hold on to some of our better players and stay relatively injury free as well, which is a utopian position for all championship yeah, yeah. clubs. Um, <laughs> but uh, he's, yeah, he's supported well by by the academy. You know, a, a recent game we had six or seven players in from from the academy. Um, you know, academy graduates. You know, they might have been in the first team for a while, but. Yeah, that coupled with signing on some tried and tested players that he trusts, like Andy King and Matty James, um, and blending that in with a few a few extra signings in the from um, you know the lower leagues, if you like, I think I think we'll judge him at the end of the season. Um, yeah. So if we finish if we finish top of the bottom half, I think that people would see that as progress and and generally would want to see what else he's got next season. So, so still some credit in the bank at the moment, then. Credit in the bank at the moment, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so finally, very quickly, predictions for Saturday. What, what are you thinking? Um, very cold. <laughs> yes, I can see that. I Prizing think we can guarantee that. It's golden hot. Okay, yeah. Looking forward to looking forward to that. Uh, but no, I, 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 
Look, I'm I'm one of the most optimistic Bristol City fans you'll probably come across. So I go in I go into every game expecting a victory and fully expect us to get a a two one away victory on Saturday. Okay, well, hopefully you're wrong, but I want um, I wonder who uh, I wonder who Sean Goto wants to win this one. That's the question. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It would be nice to ask him, and he's he's, he's one of uh, he's, he's one on our list of people to get on the podcast at some stage if we can uh, if we can achieve that. But yeah. uh, we'll I was see. lucky enough to I was lucky enough to meet him a couple of weeks ago. He came down to the Bristol City Watford game. We did yeah. um, we, there was a pitch parade of the the ninety seven ninety eight promotion team which he was obviously part of and uh yeah, yeah absolutely absolutely lovely guy really nice down to earth brought his family down and uh yeah he's certainly someone i'll be trying to get on uh on my podcast as well <laughs> if you get if you get his number let me know <laughs> send him away send him your way <laughs> absolutely listen patch thanks very much indeed for uh, for coming on and uh, good luck for the rest of the season after saturday yeah might see you across the across the pitch I'll give you a wave. There we go. Thank you very much to Patch from Three Peeps in a Podcast podcast. Um, so, yeah, let's move on and concentrate on. Well, do it first to Ref Watch, first of all, um, because why not? Not a too negative one, to be honest with you. Happy memories of this fellow, uh, Samuel Barrett. Uh, he last refereed us uh, at Gillingham last season. I can't remember exactly what happened in that game. Um, something positive, probably. Is a Yorkshireman? Uh, I don't recall ever any Yorkshireman. Um, reference. I do. Go on. Down in England. Oh, God. You've got to let it go. Just saying. No, you, I, I didn't say anything about his refereeing ability, did I? I just said he was a Yorkshireman. He's a Premier League referee now. He's in the Premier League, yeah. Didn't he, didn't he play Freddy Krueger as oh no, that's a different fella. Never mind. <laughs> he, he plays next goal winner down in England. <laughs> there we go. Uh yeah, he's only left us three times. Um Gillingham, Papa John's drove against Man City and the one one draw against Lincoln last year. He does seem to be up and coming. He's done a few youth international games with so he does seem to be one that's on the pathway to the top. But this is only his second ever championship game. Um so it's Although he is on the, clearly on the way up, it's going to be a step up for him. So hopefully we don't notice him. Much like we didn't notice him at Gillingham. I, I did not notice a referee at Gillingham. Uh, so let's hope that continues. Um, let's stop over here briefly, Danny, and just mention the 56, uh, 56 minute, once we minutes applause for Lee Carpenter. I thought like you, you mentioned this, so I'll let you uh, explain to people what's happening. Yeah, so um, I was contacted... Um about sharing the Just Giving page for Lee, who's very sadly passed away. Um, and the Just Giving page is to get him a plaque at New York Stadium. Uh, he's been on the Kimmy Park buses numerous times. I didn't know him personally, but he's always been a regular voice and a good friend of a lot of people who travel. Uh, and yeah, they've asked me to share that they're planning a 56-minute applause for Lee. Um, so yeah, so I invite all Miller's fans to come together for Lee in that minute and uh, the Just Giving page is still live mm. and uh, has been tweeted out by New York Talk and has been shared on all the groups on Facebook so if you if you want to drop a bit of money in it would be much appreciated um, so yeah everyone come together for Lee on 56 if you please absolutely um, on the I'll go to our head to head record mix favourite bit of the show 
Uh, we have won our last two games, Bristol City. They were one of the teams we did the double over in the championship season two years ago. Um, we are unbeaten in our last 10 home games as well, which is a very good record. The last defeat back in 1995, um, I think with the auto-win, 95-96 season, the auto-windscreen shield season. Um, Joey, what do you think to expect from Saturday? We, we talked about you know the, the impact of the international break, but what, what do you want to see from Rotherham United on Saturday? Do you want to see back where we left off, or do you think we'll see a, maybe a bit of an evolution of Matt Taylor's style now he's had some time with the players? Well, hopefully a combination of both, because we weren't in bad nick when uh, the break occurred. You know, uh, to say he came in and had to work sort of on the hoof, as it were, with the squad, I think he's done excellently. So the fact that he's had, you know, that three-week period to sort of get them on the training uh, pitches and go through what he wants and what his his, his views are for the team and, and for what he wants to get out of them. I'm I'm hoping it's a positive outcome on uh, Saturday. To be honest, mm. yeah, agreed. Um, let's talk about lineups, Mick. Victor's going to start in goal, barring injury, which we which we haven't heard about. There's no pretty much presser before we record, so we're going to assume Victor's in goal. That's where the easy decision is. Um, in terms of the defence, they then they then have a conversation, I suppose, because Richard Wood did not start either the last two games. I think I'm right in saying before the break. I think it was Cam Humphreys, Lee Peltier, Wes Harding, who were brilliant. All three of them were absolutely brilliant. Richard Woods, the captain. Generally speaking, Richard Woods the man, is the man that comes in and plays those minutes. That's that's the real question for me. In, in the entire starting eleven, do you put Richard Wood back in or do you keep it as it were? I think you're right. I think that is the only question for me from the starting eleven. Um, well, no, there's two because obviously Peter Kioso can't play because uh, he's still injured. So, um, but Brooke Norton Cuffy just slots in there, and then does does Lee Peltier play or Richard Wood? Uh, that that's it, in my view. But we don't know what they've been doing in the in the postseason. I nearly said in the last four weeks. You know, we don't know what Matt Taylor's sort of um, vision is. I would argue it's probably pretty much to pretty much like what we saw at the end of before the uh, the international break, but with a little bit more. Um, Fine tuning, so I can't see the formation changing. It's just whether whether Woody comes in for Peltier. That's that that for me is the only question, and I would suggest possibly not. So you would keep Harding over Peltier? No, I, no, I'd have Peltier, Harding, and Cam Humphries in that. No, if you bring Woody back in, you would take Peltier. Out bring Woody back in. Okay. okay. Apologies. You, you, you. Yeah, you said either Woody or Peltier, didn't you? So, yeah, and and, and, and finalised by saying I wouldn't change it from, from Luton. Okay, fair enough. Come on, Matt, keep up. <laughs> <laughs> I, was just, I was just clarifying. Danny, where do, where do you go? Where do you go on this one? Because I think it is a tough one because I always want Richard Wood to play, but again, they were brilliant. Yeah, um, we are only really undone at Luton by an absolute killer deflection. As well, uh, so I'm, in, I'm inclined to agree with Mick. Um, keep the defence the same, injuries and little niggles permitting, of course. Um, yeah, Harding, Humphreys, and Peltier in the back for me. Fair enough. Joy, any, any would you, were you, are you agreeing with, with all these? Keep it the same, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I thought they were fine for those last two games, uh, United and Luton, they were they were they were quite. Quite compact, quite you know, 
like you said, if it wasn't for that dodgy deflection, it would have been we wouldn't have uh, drawn that match at Luton. Mm. Mm, Very solid. Yeah, hopefully that continues. Um, are you happy with Corn Bramble to start left hand side, Mick? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um, Brooke Norton Cuffey on right, absolutely no issues whatsoever. Uh, and then, Danny, you keep the formation the same. We obviously uh, did, what, what do we call it? A 3-5-1-1, if you want to call it that. Uh, do you think he'll continue that same way or could you see him going back to two strikers? Um, very, very good question. Uh, I think the 3-5-1-1 gives Wilesy a bit more freedom uh, playing in front of the, um, <clears throat> the more... F- it's not really a flat midfield. It's like, it's almost like it's a, a three. I can't even describe it. But it, it's just not. It, yeah, yeah. It's just not a flat five across the middle, is it? You know, it's like it's like a three three wide two one one sort. Of, anyway, um, but yeah. But while you're playing just in behind the strike, I think that's the easiest way to explain it. it does give him a lot more freedom and has allowed Wales to show what he is capable of. You know, he showed mm. it against Sheffield United and against Luton. Um, and, again, depending on what Matt Taylor's been doing in training, because, of course, we don't know, because it's top secret, um, I think he might stick to that system, certainly until um, Georgie and Wash are back to 100% mm. fitness and uh, and 100% 90-minute fitness. Um and then on the back of that, that's when Matt Taylor might begin his little tweaks. You know, how can I fit Wiles into that system and have more firepower, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. If anything, I can see um, it being the the three five one one to start with, and then if we need a bit more firepower, or at least as Matt Taylor's shown, he's not scared to bring on a striker later in the game. Mm. That's when the formation will start to change a little bit. Um, but I can see Wilesy being that one in behind the striker. And uh, just keeping the system the same, I think. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I fully agree. I think it'd be harsh to take, for example, Jimmy. Yeah, you'd have to take Jimmy Lindsay out, and I think that'd be really, really harsh because I think he's been brilliant mm. since he's come back in. I, uh, I mean, Taylor has found the system where, all right, fair enough. It's not normally best to play with your best three players all at once in case one does get injured. But he's found the system where we can play Ben Wiles, Ollie Rathbun, Jamie Lindsay, and even potentially Dan Barlasser all in the mm. same system. You know, I mean, the, the way he's been able to find that is fantastic. And also we've got Scott High and Akima Dauphin as backup at the same yeah. time, which isn't exactly a bad thing at all. Um, and again, another reason why I think Wiles will start, because you've got your best men in the middle of the park at the same time. Mm. Yeah, I think I agree. We then come to the strikers then, Joy. Donna Almarie says, do we think he will start Eves? He seems to does seem to like him. Um I suppose this all depends on Bristol City in terms of their defence. If they've got three six foot seven defenders, it might not be so bright to play Chio because he might get bullied. Or but although that might work for Chio because he'll be quicker than them. And it's difficult to know who he's going to be. But would you think he'll start with Chio like he has done, or could you see Eves coming in? I I can't see there's any reason to change what the team from Luton, to be brutally honest, because they 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 were Know, absolutely fine, and you know Tom Eaves when he did come on at Luton, he did make a difference. You know, mm-hmm. he did add a different dimension. Yeah, and I gave the free kick away that led to the goal, but yeah, 
But I think, and, and let's be honest, let's hope this three-week period has helped Eves mm. in getting up and working with the team and on his fitness, etc. so that when he comes back, he slits, slots in, uh, you know, more comfortably than he has been. Though I could see in the, like, the last few games that he has been involved that that he was improving. You know, I don't think he was the skateboard as much as people would like to think he is, was up to that point. But uh, now I, I, I think he'll... He would go with the team that he, he set out at Luton unless there's something that we don't know or something that, like you said, that Bristol are putting out there that we need to react to. Hmm. There's a little bit of him that wants Eves to start just to see the meltdown. Um, that would be pretty special on Twitter, to be honest with you, if Tom Eves started. Harshly, obviously, I, I like Tom Eves. Um, but it would upset a lot of people, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would, yeah. I've just, just re- remembered that I, I now need to change my... Um, Changed my mind about Richard Wood starting. Um, I, I think I'll be starting Richard Wood because uh, just to, just basically to do Bristol City a favour because Naki Wells really likes it in Richard Wood. Oh yeah, not he? he? He finds it really comfortable place to be in the, in his back yeah. pocket. So do Naki Wells a favour. He's been around a while now. He's you know he's going on. Let's um, give him a comfortable place to stay on Saturday afternoon. What about Naki Wells and Richard Wood? Um, yeah. You know, he's Becker Wills is a brilliant footballer, and I'm I'm not going to say it actually. We'll talk. We'll mention that after the game. I'm not going to finish my sentence because that would be tempting fate, wouldn't it? Um, <laughs> let's move on to we've gone through the start. We're not starting lineup. Uh, let's go to predictions, and then we can wrap it up. Um, Danny, prediction for the Robin girls after this, please. Oh, football! I actually, have some vague understanding about. Thank <laughs> Again, like I've said, it could be a little bit of a hit and miss game because they've not been on the pitch in front of fans for what's going to be just shy of a month. I um, can't remember the last time we were at New York Stadium, to be fair. We had that many away games. Um, when was the last time we were at New York? Was it the whole game? No, surely not. Uh, I don't think it will. Hang on. I've got my list up here. Uh, Norwich. Norwich. Um, okay, fair enough. Um, can't remember that game to be fair, <laughs> but um, yeah, it, I think it is going to be a hit and miss game. I think one goal could seal it, to be honest. I think um, there was a comment from John Morell earlier saying uh, Bristol City are a bit of a Jacqueline Hyde team. I'm inclined mm. to agree, to be honest. You'll find out exactly how the game's going to pan out within the first 10 15 minutes. Um, if it was in our favour, could see a similar scoreline to last time against Bristol City at home. If not, could be a very tough day. So I'm hoping that the Bristol City turn up that we played last season and we get a steady 2-0 win out of it. 2-0 win. Like it. Um, Simon Thorne says, 3-1 to the Millers. Easy. Glass half full every day. One day I'll be right. Uh, I'll say hello if you see Danny at the uh, thingy tomorrow night, Wednesday on Thursday night. Kim Hill says, 2-1. Um, Harvey Collick says 2-1 to us. YouTube user says 2-1 as well. Terry Fenbit says 2-0. Lots of positivity. Uh, Joy, what do you reckon? Um, I think I'd go 2-0 as well. To us. Right. Uh, Mick? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that Nigel Pearson's been, uh, been away on the um, British Managers Association's tour of Wherever it is they go on their tours, because uh, you know he's, he's he's in that level, isn't he? He's in the sort of Sam Allardyce camp of uh, of managers. So fingers crossed, he's not he's taking his eye off the ball and uh, they turn up being uh, 
being a, a dog's dinner and it's 3-0 Millers is what I'm going for. I, I, I want to counter at Patch's enthusiasm. It's a feeling that it's a bit of a team like Rotherham uh, situation, that one for me. So uh, I, I think we're... Uh, I think we're going to we're going to wind out comfortable winners. Fair so enough. We're still with the tails between the legs. I hope so. I'm going to go one nil. Um, I don't think it'll be high scoring. In week three three. Um, John Rell John Rell says four one to the Millers and hopefully Pearson to get booted. Um, <laughs> that surprised me. <laughs> I mean, typical championship wanting to sack a manager first game back after a four week break. It's so championship. <laughs> Is John suggesting Birmingham are looking for a new manager? <laughs> Still could be worse. They could be looking for a new ground. Sorry, Coventry. Oh, no. What a Ooh. nightmare that is for Coventry. <laughs> um, yeah. We don't know enough about it to comment on it, but I know it's a disaster. Shambles, mm. isn't it? Shambles. It's Mark Ashley. Not yeah. said. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very true. Um, yeah. Anything else anybody wants to Rotherham United mentions? It's been Rotherham United only podcast for the first time in about a month, which I've enjoyed. <laughs> Anything else we want to cover before we uh, wrap this up? Should we just have a little sprinkling of the World Cup? Bear in mind, it's still going on. As long as you can promise not to get mixed up. Danny, I saw what you put in that. <laughs> so I'm not biting for this one. <laughs> oh, shame. I thought I'd get in with the Ronaldo chat. I know... Mardi has been, but shame. I did. I mean, I, I did. I did tweet out last night. We, we one minute thirty-one seconds into the second half before Tilsley managed to spanner in Ronaldo for the thirty-sixth time that game, and he started sat on bench, man. <laughs> Honestly, unbelievable scenes. Clive Tilsley has to be one of the worst commentators I have ever heard. He's not even in like the bottom three. Oh, mate, he's, he's, he, he, no, he's not in the bottom three. And I'll tell you why he's not in the bottom three. He's way below that. He's absolute garbage. Okay. Yeah, quite, quite, Danny. Not quite, <laughs> because I want to mention the fact that the pundits mentioned Naldo's name five times in the post-match when all they did was celebrate two goals on the touchline and then score an offside goal. And they still mentioned him five times. And you legit saw the moment someone went, you can stop mentioning his name now in the rear. <laughs> because you just started saying, oh, he's this, that, and other. It's like, were they having the drinking game in the studio? Because I was going to at home and they said it for a sick time and they stopped me. The worst bit about it entirely was when he came on and the, the noise in the stadium and you saw his smug little face because he mm. knew that everybody was happy that he was coming on. That was the worst thing about it entirely. Um, that sums up modern, that type of modern football. Not we will never experience that as Rotherham fans, really. But that type of modern football is just I hate it. It's all about one man, and I just I don't like it. As good and as the, he is, was, the funniest was. thing. The funniest thing is replacement scored three goals and got an assist. And I tell yeah, you what, they're amazing. Without Ronaldo, Portugal looks scary. They look like good. they look they're scary. They're worried about face them in semis. Yeah. Let, let's be fair, anyway. Switzerland were dire. Yes, they, yeah. were. they were. I'm saying that. I, I, I turned it off at 2-0 because I, I couldn't stand watching Portugal celebrate anymore. Okay, moving on. 
But anyway, uh, John Rell finally says he likes Clive Tilsley, especially with Ali McCoist, better than the dross of Dublin or Lee Dixon. I mean, any, any football game with Ali McCoist is improved. So uh, I think I could commentate and with Ali McCoist, I think it'd be quite good. Um, so there we go. Um, right, we'll end it there because we've got off topic again, obviously. Um, please do subscribe to YouTube if you're not already on there. Please do subscribe to the YouTube channel. We will be back on Sunday evening where we'll be looking back at Rotherham United's game against Bristol City. And if England win, we'll talk about England. If they don't, we'll pretend it never happened because that's what we do as England fans, obviously. <laughs> um, if you're on iTunes, Spotify, again, please subscribe. That'll be out Monday morning, back to the normal schedule uh, for the foreseeable future. Um, Joy, it's been a pleasure to have you with us for the podcast. Thank you very much for being with us. Thank you for having me. Uh, Mick, we almost got through a full episode without a rant, but you just couldn't. You, you had to take that bait, didn't you? Yes. Well, Danny, Danny threw that line out, didn't he? He threw that line out there. So. He does not take the bait. And, and, and also, I, I, I found out what soporific means. So, Go on. He, um, it just means sending people to sleep, essentially. Dull. D- yeah, you could say dull. Do you want me to read it? <laughs> I mean, why not? We're here, so why not? We're here, aren't we? It's tending to induce drowsiness or sleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I know I had to relieve my overthinking at night. Just listen to Mick. to sleep. <laughs> you start with them Twitch channels, Mick. You know where people just make Oh, one of them ASMR videos. channels. Yes. 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 Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> Yeah, I could do that, can I? Just me ranting about referees. It's, it's enough to say that everybody's asleep, isn't it? I can just picture Mick being really close to the right phone and going, and Gavin Ward, don't get me started. Something for everybody. <laughs> anyway, right, Danny, thank you for being with us again tonight. It's been a pleasure, mate. Yeah, always a pleasure, lads. And enjoy tomorrow night at the... Uh... Fans forum. I will do. I'm looking forward to me uh, pie and peas. Need to get yeah, a cake. Yeah, honestly, oh, three hell? three pound for fans forum and pie and peas. Living dream, mate. That's not bad. Hey, you want to be with that Kev Johnson? He charged thirty quid for the same deal. Is <laughs> 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 yeah. question though, and I'll and I'll just chuck this in whilst we're still live. Shall I do a catering pie review at New York Stadium tomorrow? Why not? Do it. Hmm. Did you see you got mentioned in a Coventry tweet about your power review? Did I? They just, they just t- tweeted the link out to people to watch it, but yeah, they let the so hot Coventry fans watched it, apparently. I don't oh, know what I said. Let you know. Anyway, this fair is a for later. Anyway, thank you all. You're Bob by now. Uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you very much. Bye. 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 What's got around the back? And Richie Wood has done it again! The magic man has come up with another trick! Well, has a chance to seal it! It's done! It's Georgie Kelly! Rotherham United's pathway back to the championship is opening up! Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.